0: Art, culture, there's not a lot of representation within fairy tales. That was some more of my motivation behind the book. Also, because it is cultural representation, instead of the coach turning the pumpkin, it's a yam. You'll see things like jump in the broom. That's something specific. I just really wanted something that spoke to children that look like me, where they could see themselves in, in fairy tales.
1: Hello and welcome. I'm Lori Hardy, and thanks for listening in as we talk with people who are leaders in our community. Halisi ali L shares how she came to write the story of Naturella and how she hopes an ethnic fairy tale will resonate with children of color. We're talking to Halisi. She wrote the story of Naturella. What inspired you to write this book?
0: My friend lives in Atlanta. Her little daughter was five at the time, And she says, mom, I don't want to wear my curls anymore to school. That devastated me because she had beautiful Shaka Khan curls and she didn't want to wear curls anymore. She wanted her hair straight. I'm divorced twice. And I wanted a story that conveyed to anybody like moms, dads, boys, girls your true love is gonna love you just the way you are. You'll see in the story, Naturella doesn't change her hair to go to the ball.
1: So what makes this story different than the classic Cinderella?
0: I identify as American Indian, but I was raised culturally It's black. In our culture, there's not a lot of representation within fairy tales. That was some more of my motivation behind the book. Also, because it is cultural representation, Instead of the coach turning the pumpkin, it's a yam. You'll see things like jump in the broom. That's something specific. I just really wanted something that spoke to children that look like me, where they can see themselves in, in fairy tales. The major difference is she doesn't lose a glass slipper. <laughs> glass slipper's too generic. Anybody could wear a size six, but when Prince Kente dances with her, he finds a little zigzag strand of hair And he goes to the village with the hair saying, the woman whose kinks match this strand is the one I will marry. So it's very specific to her.
1: Who is your target audience? Is it adults or is it kids? Funny thing,
0: when I write stories, typically I've written for kindergarten to about fourth grade. My illustrator is a mentor for a high school group. She took my book to high school. So, I mean, I've just been shocked that adults love my book, but, but my target audience was children between kindergarten and about fourth grade. But I mean, it seems like everyone loves it. Like dads love this book, even little boys. I made sure there's a prince in the book, but I just didn't want him to be like the hero that comes and makes her life better. You know, it's like, what is he learning about loving somebody? like you love her how she is (laughs) so it's in the form
1: of a storybook so it's a very quick read yeah like 10 minutes or
0: about 10 minutes long because the pictures are so vivid I would say about 10 minutes because there's so much detail that when I read it to my kids um they're looking at everything when I originally wrote this story though it was a story on canvas So I have 12 canvases of my children's book and it's mixed media. So when you touch that, there's actual leaves on it. There's beads, there's hair because I wanted children to experience. I I had a few girlfriends whose children have diagnosis of autism. And so I got tired really of flat books where kids couldn't, couldn't feel texture. So on my canvases, you can feel different fabrics at the ball. There's lace, there's satin. There's Kente cloth because Prince Kente. Well, I didn't do the artwork. My amazing illustrator, Geneva Burton. I just have ideas, right? And I told her and I gave her free reign to create what she saw when she read the book.
1: We are talking to Halisi. She wrote the story of Naturella. I see several really important themes. What do you say is the biggest takeaway from this story?
0: That if you change too much of yourself, true love is a big thing in any culture and but if you change too much they might not recognize you you might end up getting someone they thought I liked her this way this is her you know so if you play too nice if you're reducing too much of yourself then you cannot expect true love to show up you know this is a book about authenticity and loving yourself and the person that's for you, they're going to love everything about you. I'm not saying that flaws are something we should keep, but it's, it's like, your flaws and all, they'll still love you. If you change too much, you might not get the real thing.
1: How many kids do you have?
0: I have six kids now, Lori.
1: And you homeschool your children.
0: I do. I homeschool an a eighth grader and a first grader and a pre kindergartner.
1: You also have your own coaching business?
0: I do. Uh, Divine Generations Life Coaching. And my brand of coaching is called True Self Coaching. Getting people to tap into their true selves, you know, not the mask we wear every day.
1: I just had a conversation with a friend who's into health and wellness. And she's, she's like, feels confused because people like might know some answers, but they, they don't take care of themselves. And I wondered aloud, if it has to do with that, with self-image or self-loathing.
0: I agree. I mean, and then think about it. The pandemic showed us all that we kind of was faking it. Like we're faking it in, in multiple areas, not just like, oh, I hate my job. Some people hate their job. Some people do not like being parents. I was so shocked to hear parents say, oh my God, I have to feed them. And I'm like, yeah, it's kind of a prerequisite to You know, it's like, I want them to go back to school. I'm tired of making all these things or I don't know how to talk to my kid. It really showed us that we were just all going through the motions of whatever life is supposed to be. And the pandemic made us get real with ourselves. It made us be true to our convictions or find out, hey, I don't have them.
1: (laughs) That's a good point. One of the things that drew me to you the first time I met you at a parenting event I just sensed this love and energy that you have around parenting and around children. They go back to work and now we have a pandemic and they have to be with their family. So say more about that.
0: They have to be honest. They have to be honest. And unfortunately, like, I wouldn't even say it's in just one culture, like, Everywhere there are lies that we're all told, you know, like what it means to be a woman, what it means to be a man. So I will say, I know that you know me from parenting, but would you believe that when the pandemic started, my client base went from women and children, kind of like a family because dads were involved, to strictly couples and men? And men were finding me. There were men that showed up, Why did you marry your wife? You married her because. Maybe she was pretty and you liked her and very generic things. So when we have these separations and families or where people just kind of drift apart, the pandemic made them really assess their why. Why am I here? Am I here because I feel obligated? Am I here because 17-year-old me fell in love with him? I married him because we had kids and I didn't want to look bad. It made people really be honest and... I mean, that's hard when we come from generations of lies. The first thing I tell my clients, some of them show up and they're just like, you know, I don't know why I feel like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, I want you to go and ask your mother, ask your mom how she felt when she found out she's pregnant with you and ask her how she felt knowing that it was your dad's kid. I have had clients come back that said, "Oh my god, what did you have me do to my mom? My mom was like, leave it to Beaver's mom, but when you have me ask that question, my mom got visibly weird." So people are birthed from lies and then you're raised in that lie that, you know, just because parents stay together, that doesn't mean they love each other. That isn't that just so we're just going through the motions and so we have got to be honest with ourselves am i happy no i'm not and not be afraid of that to say i'm disappointed especially women like we're like groomed to be the caretakers of the world well the pandemic made me get really honest with myself and so i had to shave off tons of things ambitions that i love yeah that was a part of me at that time but is this really? who I am now is this really what I want something that
1: I want to say as a coach if you are having these feelings hire a coach get a coach call a police. because here's the thing and I know there's not one answer to this but first we have to recognize we're living in a lie we're believing a lie first how do we get there how do we do that first step
0: because I call myself an emotion communication coach. So the first thing is how you feel. Everyone will tell you feelings aren't facts. No, they're not. They're information, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? They're information, but most people are so far from their center. Just the basic, I'm seeing someone now and he asked me, are you in your feelings? And that was a trick question for me because never had I been allowed to say, yes, yes, I'm in my feelings. And there's someone there like, okay, let me let me open my arms like a pillow so that she can give it to me. So it's like denial. It's like the first thing is really saying, even if it's just to yourself, I'm unhappy or I don't like this. Doesn't mean we don't have to rush to solution. It's just like, let's first just be honest with, how does this make me feel? Large part of my curriculum is I ask my kids every day, what color do you feel? I've put vocabulary words inside of colors based on how they make me feel. But then I've also talked to other people to ask them, when you feel red, obviously when we feel red, that means I'm angry, but that's when your needs aren't met. How do you feel when your needs are being met? Red means excitement. I feel alive, I feel exuberant. Also, to get to more truth, you got to be able to say, but you need words to say. Most adults, if you ask them how they feel, they're going to tell you happy, mad, sad, maybe surprised, maybe excited. There's not much range when it comes to expressing just our feeling. Before we even do anything with the truth, we don't have a lot of words. So I like to start with the colors because being blue could mean I'm sad, but it also can mean, you know, I'm feeling calm.
1: If my mm-hmm. needs are
0: met, I would say, start with where are you were you really feeling? And be authentic about that. Some people apologize for how they feel. And it's like, let's let's just not do that. Let's just how do you feel? And be okay with that. Can't take care of other people if you don't take care of yourself
1: for all the things that Covid brought us that were difficult and hard. I feel like it brought us a lot of good because we had to pivot, but we really had to look at things different. And when you say, what color are you, what it makes me think of is those people of a certain generation, maybe that are so stuck in, they can't, they're not allowed to feel it's like that might shake them up. And I love how you said, well, Red, you're mad. And I went, yeah, Red's mad. And then I went, ooh, but Red is, think of the woman in red, red Mm -hmm. lipstick, the red dress, and that that is also a really good thing. And so one of the things I was thinking about is a lot of us are people pleasers. And then now you're stuck in a house with all of the people. And I could be wrong, but I'm seeing it's like, Maybe it's not so much people pleaser, is that we're just trying not to tick everybody off.
0: We're not. And, you know, people pleasing is not love, it's fear. Because what does people pleasing really say? That if I can't make you happy, maybe you might reject me. And that's scary for all of us. I don't think there's any person, I think we work up to accepting when we do feel rejected, but I don't think anyone is looking to be rejected, especially I'm going to tell you my truth and then you're going to beeline it away from me. (laughs) Probably not going to tell you that.
1: When it comes back to the self-loathing, it's like, if we can't love ourselves, and I know that some people think this is woo-woo, but I think it's really true. If we can't love ourselves, and as a coach too, I tell my client this, you're not loving yourself, so you're not loving people around you. She goes, no, I love everyone. And I go, but are you loving them well, or are you ticked off all the time because you're mad? because you don't even love yourself.
0: You just slide into these things that, so I'm working on my first album. I do spoken word and I sing on the side too. So one of my new songs called Love Yourself. And I coached when the pandemic first started, I coached a male client who told me he had a diagnosis of borderline personality disorder. So everyone else was scared of him. And I told him, I said, what I hear you saying is that The goal is for you to have acceptance. We work together and and he starts rapping about all the things that I taught him about self-love. The pandemic showed us, I mean, even if we just looked at like illness, right? If I'm not well, I can't take care of others. That's a real thing that we we ignore it. We ignore it to show up uh, sick to work. So this made us be honest, right? Like, don't come to work if you feel sick. How many people don't know when they're like, you know, I don't think I'm sick, but their nose is running. They look like crap. and I'm like, no, you're sick. Like, stay home. It made us really, like, touch ourselves. Like, how am I doing? Not about showing up for the world. You cannot. And there are people, though, like you said, they do it. And they think they're doing a great job, but no, it's not conveying.
1: You're talking about the pandemic and that you have clients. And what were people saying during the pandemic? Oh, we can't afford. But the truth is people spent money during the pandemic. They bought things. They bought programs. They bought coaching. Mm -hmm. And so to hear you say during the pandemic, I was doing some of my unusual but best coaching. This is my heart because I believe everybody could benefit from a
0: coach. Yeah, most definitely.
1: It's not a, you're doing bad. You need a coach. It's like, we're doing good. Let's get coaching and let's reframe how we think about things. Let's reframe how we look at ourselves because we have this one life. So what would you say was the biggest like surprises for you?
0: The biggest surprises to me was that men do want to talk about their feelings. It's so amazing. Like I have brothers, I have a dad, I, I have husband and wife, friends. And even in my experience of growing up as a child, I don't remember anyone teaching me as a girl that men have feelings, that my whole existence really as a woman, I think it's great to know how I feel, but I'm like, I have a partner and he shows up for me. So There was just so much more gratitude for the male species instead of the same old cliche. I saw it with my own eyes that they cared about their wives. I saw it with my own eyes that they wanted to spend time with their children. They do want to be active fathers. They do want these things. But there is something that blocks them from that. And it's what they think about how they have to show up. If I say how I feel, everything's going to be ruined. That was the biggest shock for me that men wanted to work on their relationships. They do want to communicate.
1: Now that you've realized this, what would you say to women about their men? Like to help them access that?
0: It's funny. It's like, be yourself. It's okay. One biggest thing I, I would say, these are things that I'm still learning too, that when a man tells you his feelings doesn't make you wrong. I think that for myself, I would like, if, if a man used a certain tone with me to say, well, you know, you do, you're doing this, you don't make me feel, I would instantly start feeling small. Like I, I would literally feel myself shrink. Like, oh my God, I did something wrong. And it's like, no, stand there, take it and really be open. It's like, you know, you, especially if you have a good partner. I, and I guess it's not limited to men or women. If you have a great partner, It's like, show up back for them, ask them. It's such an honor to be there for men. And, and especially I look at my marriages, I wouldn't say I had failed relationships. It's such a gift to be there. And, and it makes me reevaluate my relationships with my former husbands so that whatever I didn't do, it's like, I'm recognizing, I think the biggest thing for women is to reflect. It's okay that maybe you don't show up right but it's like, it's, you can go back and do repair. I thought about what you said and I didn't agree with some of the things, but you deserve to be heard. <laughs> wow. It's like, how do we create space? Love is, feels big. It doesn't feel like, you know, where people have to shrink. I mean, that's what I would say. I mean, that's what I do say to my uh, husband and wives. <laughs> I love my that partner. because,
1: Yeah. People want to be seen and heard. I mean, when it all boils down. So if you were to write a permission slip for men about feelings, what would be this permission slip you would write to them?
0: I would say, don't hold it in on the prescription. I'd say, check in with yourself at least three times a day. Don't hold it in. Don't censor. I also tell them, you know, like, that's another thing about women. If we're supposed to be able to receive so much, right? It's like, don't censor. You have got to say it how you say it. It's going to be probably wobbly at first. Might not come out the best, but that's okay. Just let's get it out. The most important thing is just getting it out. I would even say for women, it's okay to be honest when you're not happy. I think that we're all, we're programmed to, we wanna be happy. We wanna make the man happy. It's not your job to make people happy. Did you check in with yourself today? Look for three ways you can make yourself happy.
1: Sincerely. I, yeah, and I think that's hard. I think that's hard for people because that feels selfish. And actually yeah. when we when we are good, the people around us are better too. We're talking with Halisi. Your coaching is called?
0: Divine Generations Life Coaching. I do have a Facebook page, Divine Generations Life Coaching. And I'm also on Instagram, Divine Generations Life Coaching. If you Google me, I show up.
1: And so the story of Naturella is the latest book that you've written. Where can we find that?
0: You can find it on Amazon. It will be on my website too for purchase. I am working on putting together some read and paints where I'm inviting parents and children to come and listen to the story and then paint. It's like kind of like a coloring book so that they don't have to, you know, paint and sips you created from scratch. But I helped out families. So it's like a blank canvas outline and to come have some refreshment. So I'm putting some, together some awesome events for this fall and, and later in the summer to be fun with parents and children. I work with a glorious nonprofit called Red Rose Community Garden. Uh, we are a national nonprofit. I'm so happy to say that. And we champion mental health. Um, Uh, We offer mental health services, affordable mental health. So that means either free or low cost. Right now, my partners that I work with, they live in Chicago. And so that's kind of home base. But I am just really happy about the work that we get to do in the community. And right, like our first campaign is called the Aware Campaign. And so just people can't heal what they don't feel. And I just, I'm really happy to work with that organization. And so I just want to shout them out because we're just doing so many awesome things. The book is available on Amazon uh, right now. And then I'll be doing private book events in Seattle. And do
1: you have any books in the future that you're working on?
0: My goodness. Yes. Do you know, I have seven children's books. In manuscript form, I am also looking for illustrators. I Dreamed I Was a Dragonfly is my next story I hope to release. And it's a story about a little girl who dreams she was a dragonfly. She flies over rivers and oceans and mountains. Every time in the book, it's like all my stories are are educational. So it's like follow along. She touches her mom. Mom turns to a dragonfly. Mom freaks out. Dad sees the flies in the house about to kill him. (laughs) So it's a family story of togetherness.
1: Halisi, what inspired you to write the current book that you just published, The Story of Naturella?
0: My friend lives in Atlanta. Her little daughter was five at the time. And she says, Mom, I don't want to wear my curls anymore to school. That devastated me because she had beautiful Shaka Khan curls. And she didn't want to wear curls anymore. She wanted her hair straight. I'm divorced twice. And I've wanted a story that conveyed to anybody like moms, dads, boys, girls, your true love is going to love you just the way you are. You'll see in the story, Naturella doesn't change her hair to go to the ball.
1: So what makes this story different than the classic Cinderella?
0: I identify as American Indian, but I was raised culturally It's Black and our culture, there's not a lot of representation within fairy tales. That was some more of my motivation behind the book. Also, because it is cultural representation, instead of the coach turning the pumpkin, it's a yam. You'll see things like jump in the broom. That's something specific. I just really wanted something that spoke to children that look like me, where they could see themselves in, in fairy tales. The major difference is she doesn't lose a glass slipper. <laughs> glass slippers too generic anybody could wear a size six but when prince kente dances with her he finds a little zigzag strand of hair and he goes to the village with the hair saying the woman whose kinks match this strand is the one i will marry so it's very specific to her
1: who is your target audience? Is it adults
0: or is it kids? Funny thing, when I write stories, typically I've written for kindergarten to about fourth grade. My illustrator is a mentor for a high school group. She took my book to high school. So, I mean, I've just been shocked that adults love my book, but but my target audience was children between kindergarten and about fourth grade. But I mean, it seems like everyone loves it. Like dads love this book. Even little boys. I made sure there's a prince in the book, but I just didn't want him to be like the hero that comes and makes her life better. It's like, what is he learning about loving somebody? It's like, you love her how she is.
1: We are talking to Halisi. She wrote the story of Naturella. I see several really important themes. What do you say is the biggest takeaway from this story?
0: That if you change too much of yourself, true love is a big thing in any culture. And, but if you change too much, they might not recognize you. You might end up getting someone they thought I liked her this way. This is her. You know, so if you play too nice, if you're, reducing too much of yourself then you cannot expect true love to show up you know this is a book about authenticity and loving yourself and the person that's for you they're gonna love everything about you i'm not saying that flaws are something we should keep but it's it's like your flaws and all they'll still love you if you change too much you might not get the real thing
1: we're talking with Halisi. Your coaching is called? Divine Generations
0: Life Coaching. I do have a Facebook page, Divine Generations Life Coaching. And I'm also on Instagram, Divine Generations Life Coaching. You Google me, I show up.
1: And so the story of Naturella is the latest book that you've written. Where can we find that?
0: You can find it on Amazon, Amazon.
1: I'm Lori Hardy, and thanks for listening in today. We hope you've learned something new. Join us again next week as we continue to talk with people that are making a difference in our community.